God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, you know, our phone system is up and running. It was down last week. We had software glitch. Um, but uh, the number to call in today would be 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215 867 It's 215 215- Eight six seven, eight two five five, and if you want to call in, you might want to also save that number to your, you know, favorites. If you listen to the show and you have something you want to say, you can call in. So uh, you can do that. Um, over the weekend, we saw a lot of hypocrisy, and we've been seeing it for the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we were uh, Leonor and I were in New York. Uh, city over the weekend and New York's pretty busy but it's still a shell of its old self Um, but our billboard is still up and live and kicking it's just we've been censored as to uh, what we want to do with our bugle call and MAGA pack ads Uh, they don't like the word MAGA apparently and so our billboard run by uh, Ripley's believe it or not uh they're just a bunch of libtards that uh, are intolerant and will censor. Even if all your message is, is um, supporting election integrity, equal justice, and border security, those are a bridge too far for our billboard <laughs> content provider. So if I want to you know, sell toilet seats, I can do that probably, but... Um, you know, this, the sad chain of affairs is, is, is that, uh, when it comes to they, them espousing their radical left wing views, they don't really have a problem with it. Um, so that's the problem I have is the hypocrisy of it. And I think that's the problem we have across the board is the political hypocrisy 
And then I'll take it one step further and say that I think it's almost impossible to comprehend, you know, that the friends I've had that were liberals, when I tell them about the different kinds of censorship that we've experienced on Facebook and on the billboard and on other entities on social media, Twitter, whatever, you know, you name it, um, and all the different levels of it. Um, what, what, they, they, they don't know a person that's ever been um, censored or taken down or put in Facebook jail. They don't even know those people. I remember saying to a friend of mine, PhD, liberal, worked at Penn University, and she says, I don't, I've never met anybody that's been had those problems. <laughs> so since she was looking at me like, maybe I'm the one with the third eye. You know, maybe I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I should stick to not, you know, talking about conspiracy theories. And of course, we're not talking about conspiracy theories. We're talking about actual facts. And uh, the last time I got booted off of Facebook, you know, we were talking about COVID as a man-made virus and being uh, leaked out, perhaps as a bioweapon. And that's actually a real theory. And I got banned for that. Now, you know, fast forward, they, they've kind of proven that it's been, it was man-made. But we knew it all along. And how in the world can you have honest debate when this kind of intolerance just goes on and on infinitum? And so we have, you know, all of these issues to and hurdles to climb. The other team, the other crazy team, doesn't have any hurdles to climb. Yeah, you know, that's a sad thing is we're competing on two different playing fields, which is exactly the way they want it. They want it that way, though, don't they? And that's what we're going to have to, uh, that's what we're fighting against. That's what we're going to have to uh, combat. So Obama had his party, right? He had his party and um, he didn't do any vaccine passports. He didn't do any contact tracing. He didn't do any uh, COVID testing. Lollapalooza had a huge crowd in Chicago, and they didn't have any of these restrictions. Oh, they said they did. They said that either you get a show a vaccine passport paper or you show a paper that says you've tested negative within three days of the event. I ask you, the question is, what... As soon as you as soon as you leave the doctor's office from a negative COVID test, you could test positive. And like I say, I, I posted this up on Facebook the other day, before the weekend, and I said, uh, you know, to this day, and I know that I'm outnumbered. I think I'm probably one of the select few. I know a lot of people fairly well. I have yet to know anybody individually where they have tested positive for COVID. Now, that sounds like I'm making the argument, I don't believe COVID exists. No, that's not the argument that I'm making. I'm just saying that maybe it's not as bad as people think. And I don't think people are, I think people are afraid to speak up and say that. 
think about actually who you know. Now, I, I know people that know people who those people said to them, you know, they know people that know people that know people that got t- tested for COVID, right? And they, t- they tested positive. But the people that I know, I, I've never known any one individual where I've had a conversations with them. I've, you know, I, I know them. I can pick up the phone and call them up and talk to them. I've never met one. Uh, I don't have anybody in my life that's tested positive. So you could you could see how, you know, I I kind of s- have a different view of this maybe. Now I posted something like that on Facebook and I got all kinds of feedback saying, "Oh, well now I've gotten it, you know. I definitely got it uh many times or a few times or I got it twice and so on and so forth." I don't I don't ever question any of that. Just like I don't question if a person chooses to be gay, I don't choose I don't question whether a person chooses to be trans, but don't try to tell me that you were born that way or without having a debate. Don't try to get into the political fray and try to unelect my president and elect your stupid president. So, you know, there's there's that. As soon as you get as soon as you politicize a topic, it it becomes debatable. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have a, a you know, basically uh, a free hand to win an election. And I'm not going let to you, let you get away with that. So I just think that um, a lot of these fringe groups that try to become political groups or racist, race, uh, race, not racist, races, or ethnicity groups or religious groups, you know, I just don't think, I've never thought that... Um, homosexuals should be considered anything either than a man or a woman. And the whole constitution of marriage, uh, I think it was not so bad with the gay union thing, but, you know, then there was the Supreme Court decision that came down with the constellation of benefits and had you scratching your head there a little bit. And I don't know. The point is, is that once these things become political, uh, become something else. And, one of the deals here is COVID has become highly political. Uh, we feel like uh, on our side, we feel like that they've rigged an election as a result of the COVID. Uh, we also feel like China got away with phase one and phase two of the economic trade deal that Trump and the Chinese were negotiating. In fact, they signed on the dotted line and they promised to adhere to the and comply with phase one. And you say, okay, well, that's great. That's a big win for the United States. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, this COVID happens and they don't have to do phase one. And then all the liberals decide to wear masks and all the Republicans are saying, why, why are the red states testing uh, the de- death rates and COVID rates much, much less? Now you're seeing just basically across the board Liberals want vaccine passports. Liberals want government control. Liberals want to be put in a cocoon. Liberals like to be controlled. And and then you're seeing it prop up its ugly head in the the military. And in in some cases, where liberals like that control, you know, that, that government control, they like equity over equality is something we talked about last week. Equity over equality. It's 
it's where it's it's not where everybody's equal. It's sort of like where everything is redistributed to make everything even. There's a big difference between the two. The military sort of does that, doesn't it? Which might mean that maybe you walk into the military thinking you're an individual, thinking that maybe you might even be conservative, and you walk out of the military, or you rise up the ladder in the food chain of the military, and you become more liberal. You become more like all for one, one for all. You become more like uh, a person that is equitable, not equal. Because you may be able to run faster, but you have a quota-based system. So even though your speed might be um, exceptional, you're given a category, a patch, a badge, a medal for having achieved a certain standard. Having achieved a certain standard is not exactly the score. And we see a lot of liberals in our top brass in the Pentagon. It seems to be dominated by that because our military has become a little bit more of like an academic process. And where academia seems to thrive, liberal minds seem to follow. We see that in our universities, in our halls of journalism. Um, We see that in Hollywood, too, in, in the creative fields. And I don't know why that all is. And the reason why I'm blending all these things together in the beginning of this show is because of um, some of the points I want to make that are fairly unique, fairly original. Like, for example, if I were to tell you that I have a new theory about Fauci, it might be that I would ask the question, how, how how is it that Fauci seems to have the same level of disregard or has the same level of of arrogance as Hillary Clinton had. Does that seem a little odd to you? Doesn't that seem interesting? You know, that, uh, that there seems to be this similarity in the behaviors between... Fauci and Hillary Clinton. I I see it. You know, I I feel it. He gets up there. He's made all kinds of mistakes. Fauci has. Fauci's made all kinds of mistakes, and yet he gets a pass. The only person that's actually questioning Fauci is now being investigated and all these things is Rand Paul. Rand Paul was, you know, questioning Fauci really, really hard. And so I wrote this uh, tweet, and I said, if it seems that Fauci is is as arrogant with his negligence as Hillary Clinton was, it's because he knows he is protected by America's national security apparatus. Uh Uh-huh. If it seems that Fauci is as arrogant with his negligence as Hillary Clinton was, it's because he knows he is protected by 
America's national security apparatus. Wasn't it Chuck Schumer that said before Trump was even elected or before Trump was even inaugurated during Trump's president elect period? On January 5th of 2017, Chuck Schumer said, I don't know why Trump is, uh, you know, pushing back against the intelligence community and the national security apparatus. They'll have six ways till Sunday to get back at you. You know, they sure did get back at Kennedy. They sure did get back at a lot of their enemies. They can destroy people's lives in a second. The IRS can. The CIA can. The FBI does on a routine basis. Just look at what they're doing with January 6th. You look across Europe, all these protesters, all over Europe, and they're allowed to protest, and they protest peacefully, which is exactly what the Trump supporters were doing on January 6th, and yet they set up a trap and played Americans for fools, and now they're sitting in jail without due process, but things are starting to drip out and get exposed, and we're starting to see the truth. So if it seems that Fauci is as arrogant as Hillary was, it's be- for the you know, arrogant with his negligence as Hillary was. It's because he knows he's protected by America's national security apparatus. If you supported gain of function, and I'm going to say this to you, if you if you supported gain-of-function to create a military-grade bioweapon that leaked out and killed tens of thousands of people while working on behalf of a top-secret clandestine government program, you too would be protected, which is the reason China will never be held accountable. I believe that this whole gain-of-function thing that was being run out of the NIH by Collins and NIAID with Anthony Fauci was to produce a bioweapon. Rand Paul asked this question on many occasions. Why in the world would we ever want to take a coronavirus that was transmittable through two different animals, like a, like a bot, like a bat, and transfer it and make it something that can actually infect a human in a, in a bioweapon kind of way if the military wasn't behind it. And if the military is behind it, that very well might explain the arrogance and the untouchable feeling you might get when you see Fauci speak. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? Call, yes, hi. Yes, hi, this is Anita from Monterey. Okay. I have two fast things. I only heard the tail end of it on Friday on the radio, but apparently Fushi, however you say his name, has been given two grants. There's a lab down in Texas, I believe it was San Antonio, to study Ebola. That man does not need to be near any labs. I don't know if anybody else has heard that. I, when you start talking about it, I thought, oh my God, I need to Google that, see what I can find. Um, but yeah, he doesn't need to be near any labs. Right. The second thing is, in the infrastructure bill, there's a little, little tiny, tiny, tiny paragraph in there that says, hang on, I've got to make sure I read this to you correctly, that the Bureau 
of Indian Affairs for Climate Resistance and Adaptation for Tribal Nations. And I will give you the Reader's Digest version of what it says. Basically, if the Bureau of Land Management and the Office of Climate Control deems that your land has um, climate change problems, you will be relocated. I don't, Are you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little perplexed yeah. as to how that would play out. Uh, well, they, they it would be play trying, out I think by it, I think they decide saying, if if your land. I will. I will. Yes. Email this to you. I don't know. I think it's at. Um, I did. No, I think what you're it, suggesting just, is they want to take and take those lands back and take control of those lands. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Now, yeah. now where they will be uh, relocated to has to do with the federal <clears throat> emergency management. In other words, FEMA. Well, I also think that there are some treaties that preceded the Constitution uh, that are in play there. Uh, that's what makes I, the, the Native American Indian nation a nation. And that's what makes the reservation uh, attractive. Uh, some, and I'm really speaking about some of those reservations out west. They, they're more attractive to folks in the United Nations because they're trying to get some bilateral deals. Uh, going that well, maybe worth on billions. Uranium. A yeah. lot of them are right, right. Now. exactly, and it could be worth yeah. billions of dollars in land uh, uh, land opportunity. Uh, and uh, so far, the Native American Indians have balked on striking such a deal. But the question is, can they legally do that within the I, confines well, of the Constitution? Here's the thing: I'm con- sorry to say, have boundaries. they legally done anything right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean they 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 don't follow the law. Mm-hmm. And I, my feeling is, and I, I hope I'm wrong, is that they're going to deem the land has been damaged due to climate change and they need to be re- relocated. And they will be put on buses yeah. and that will be their infrastructure. Yeah, no, yeah. and I, I just think that the whole climate issue is not settled science. I mean, you look at Obama, right? He gives two commencement speeches in the last year of his <laughs> terms. And he gives them to the Coast Guard and the Navy and he tells them that Sea level changes and climate change are a bigger threat than nuclear weapons. That's what he said uh, to these graduates, right? And, mm-hmm. he, you know, he's just every time you hear that, you're like, wow, you got a screw loose, dude, right? It's it's ridiculous mm-hmm. if you even think that. And, and, then, and then all of a sudden, you know, the banks approve the investment on a $12 million house at sea level. Next to the ocean. Next to the ocean. <laughs> I mean, his front lawn, and then it's the ocean, right? So, I mean, yes. what, he doesn't seem to be worried about rising sea levels. If you were to ask Ocasio-Cortez, she'd say, well, yes, Barack Obama's house is going to be underwater in 12 years. It's like, no, it's not. The banks are never going to actually finance um, a building in Miami ever again, right? Or in California. And not to mention the fact... I'm- that you know that building that went down was built on a wetland in 1981, but um, what I'm saying is, is that from a public safety perspective, engineers have to sign off that these buildings are going to be safe 12 years from now. So all well, I'm saying here's is here's another thing to think about, and I'll hang up. Yeah, is if they can take if they can come in and say that due to climate change we have to take your land. I want everybody to think about this. You think that, oh, well, that's not going to affect me, so who cares? 
Well, next, it could be your house. It could be your uh, HOA. It could be your subdivision. And you could be relocated. Well, and they've been chipping away at eminent domain for a long, long time. And in fact, even Trump supported eminent eminent domain to a certain extent. He had an issue in Atlantic City uh, with a building development. There was one small house that was getting in the way of the entire project. I mean, it's a very tricky um, subject. Eminent domain Mm -hmm. is one thing where you want to build a highway and some houses are in the way of... well, I get all, I get the the complexity of it. I mean, I totally understand that it's very complex, but to put this in as a new wrinkle, it's sort of like, um, you know, it, it's it's absolutely uh, stunning that you know we're seeing this develop, and you just know where it's going to head. It's definitely going to mm-hmm. be right in our grill uh, before we know. I just it. hope that they I just hope they have some good attorneys and they don't lose their land, and I hope that they keep Fushi away from that lab in Texas. If that is true. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. And, and okay. Thank you. All right. Take care. Uh-huh. All right. So, you know, getting back to this Fauci thing. So Anita calls up and she tells us that Fauci's working on Ebola. <laughs> you know, and this gain of function research, I believe, is a, uh, to create bioweapons. I do not think that I think that you can make the argument with some level of integrity and that's why Fauci uses the argument that he uses that gain-of-function research is all about creating a virus that you can then write, write a script for and, and develop a protocol or, uh, or a medicine that could combat it. But the reason why I think that that argument that he made to Rand Paul and the committees is because now we're say, basically saying the vaccines don't work anyway that there's always a variant and a mutation going on uh, that's going to pose a uh, troubling a troubling situation for the vaccines. And now they're going to get into boosters. And, you know, the flu shots haven't really worked all that well either, in my opinion. Um, every year I've ever gotten a flu shot, which has been very few flu shots in my life, I've, I've had the worst cases of flu those years. And I felt awful or not well after the flu. A little fever, a little flu-like symptom. You know, that's the vaccine with the flu in it that gets you, makes you feel a little bit bad, and then you feel better. And then you have an antibody, and you're, you're immune to it. That's what it's supposed to be. But I remember the few years I took the vaccine, um, I would tell you that uh, those years I got the flu once or twice. And other years where I don't pay any mind to it, I never get the flu. And uh, I think these vaccines are way overrated. And uh, and they and now we're starting to realize that in short order, the efficacy of it uh, doesn't work. I've said this a long for a long time. I said I will not get the vaccine so long. And this is my hard and fast rule. I will not get the vaccine so long as they are legalizing vaccine passports. If they were to come out and say private corporations and any corporation in America would be in violation of our constitutional laws if they discriminate on the basis of uh, your health. So to that point, uh, with regard to the vaccine 
So just like they have to make a cake for a gay couple or just like they have to um, serve, you know, they can't not serve black people, right? I, I really think that vaccine passports, if they would come out and say vaccine passports, uh, they, there's you cannot as a private company ban people or require, require, restrict people because they don't have a vaccine passport. That needs to be put into law. And then if it's unco- if that's unconstitutional, take that up with the courts. But the main issue is I see this as a whole idea of social um, social scoring and, uh, you know, your social credit score. And the, the vaccine passport is just a cheap ex- health 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 uh, alert excuse to get a system in play that is basically, in essence, a social credit scoring system. And that's what they're doing, and they're doing it worldwide. Now, again, I I actually think that the government has blood on their hands. And I think that this gain-of-function research was done, uh, I think, through a consortium between the... Whoops, sorry. Let's take that. Between the military military and the the, uh, health alliances, or NIH... And uh, I don't think Trump had a lot to do with it. Otherwise, um, Anthony Fauci wouldn't have gone it alone and pushed for this gain of function while I think it was during Trump's uh, presidential election where he was president-elect. He wasn't fully president yet. And they reinstated gain of function after Obama had said not to do it. And, uh, And they were doing that for a reason. And it seems to me that Every step of the way, it's actually helped cities get bailed. Liberal cities get bailed out. It's also had impacts on um, control of populations. It definitely had an impact on rigging the election. And you could take it even further uh, that it has divided our country, divide and conquer. And it crushed the middle class, which is what you need to do to install socialism. Caller, you're on the air. Good morning, Scott. Eric, Arkansas. Oh, my goodness. Are you driving in a truck? No, I'm sitting still against the dock right now getting ready to unload down in Shreveport. So. Okay. But uh, I come to the conclusion last week, I went to a customer up in northeast Arkansas. This is a big place. This place, this place covers 250, 300 acres. It's a big plant. Half their people was out on COVID break. So I'd say whether they tested positive or family tested positive. And you said you hadn't met nobody that ever tested positive. Well, I did uh, two two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. I had to take off work for 10 days over it because the youngest son tested positive and he lives in my house. And then I, and then I actually caught it. And I believe... I believe the vaccines are creating the super spreaders. People, they, they get sick with it, but they think it's just a regular cold, and they go on about their daily lives. And I believe we caught it from our church. One of them lovely old vaccinated old ladies in there 
probably brought it in, in my opinion. So, so you know, no, so, so again, and and Arkansas Department of Health now put out a put out an edict, no, that if you're positive and you've been vaccinated, you can immediately go back to work. You don't have to take any time off. That's just the recipe to create the super spreaders. And I've raised a stink with my representatives about that. Doubt anything will happen, but, you know, it, if we don't speak up and say something, they'll just keep on going, go, they'll just keep, keep going on, going on. Well, well, you know, the problem I have with it all is Fauci says masks uh, don't work. Then uh, it's essential that you wear a mask. It's a, then you should wear two masks. Then they said um, it doesn't spread on surfaces. And then they said it does. And then they said asymptomatic um, people do not spread because the viral load is low and therefore you don't have symptoms. And if the viral load is low, then you can't spread it. That's what they said. And then they said, nope, this was the game changer of all game changers. They said, even if you're asymptomatic, you could still spread. That was the game changer that kept us all in. And now they're saying with vaccines, that even when you get sick, if you have a vaccine, it creates a, a lower viral load. Well, now they're doing studies that suggest, no, that's not the case, that the viral load in a vaccinated person is not that uh, they said it was no different or not that much different than than an unvaccinated person, which means that you're just as susceptible to asymptomatic spread spreading as an unvaccinated person. So then what's the point of the vaccine other than to give Pfizer a thirty six point five billion dollar windfall for twenty twenty one? Graphene oxide. Look at what its effects can do, along with hydro. Okay, you're still there. I yeah, I thought I thought I got hung up on. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. You didn't. I. Okay, so Ben's. What was the uh, drug? I was say, uh, graphene oxide and and hydrogel. They were. They've been working on a hydrogel to create super soldiers. A way, you know, it's a way they can monitor the soldiers' emotional state while they're in battle, and and both of and both of which have been have been have been found to be in uh, to be in the Pfizer vaccine, especially. You know, I said uh, the graph the graphene oxide is. Like a semi, like a like a radio, a radio reactive semiconductor. Oh. When it when when it's when it when it's exposed to uh, certain bandwidths or frequencies, as well as a way that they protect the mRNA element of the uh, of the so-called of the, so, of the of the jab. I don't call it a vaccine because it's not a vaccine, but. Uh, from your body's own internal uh, defense mechanism as a foreign agent. But there was a st uh, researchers in uh, Spain, though, so, you know, you, you, you know, I said, got hold of a whole bottle of the, of the Pfizer, of the Pfizer jab and, and, and run analysis on it. Kind of like 98% graphene oxide. Oh, anyway, wow. I'm going to let them, Hey, I'm let me ask you, you, before you go, Terry, yeah. before you go, yeah. Have you gotten the vaccine? No, ain't going to. 
stuck a swab up your nose, right? Yeah, but that wasn't by my choice. <laughs> no, no, no. She okay, so... She done it, and I pulled it back out and told her, that stopped that crap. That crap burned. All right, so... Yeah, wait, it, was like, they, it, it, it was like it had been soaked in the rubbing alcohol or something. Okay, so they stuck a swab up your nose, and then the test came back positive. Is that what you're saying? Yes, sir. Okay, and what was it, an Abbott test? I have no idea. I got the paperwork in the house. Yeah, I will tell you this. No, when, when, uh, you know I was in the hospital in, uh, in April. And so when I was in the hospital, I got tested. Uh, that was one, I guess, the protocols that they do. And it was an Abbott test. They stuck the cotton swab not deep up into your nose, but, you know, less deep up in your nose. And it came well, back. What, mine came back, they, mine came back negative. That's what they gave me. I said, they didn't jab it all the way to the brain. They just, yeah. they just basically, basically the top of the nasal cavity. All right. You know, so which, which the whole time, the whole time, I took vitamin D, I took zinc, quinine tonic water, and went down to the farm store because I couldn't get a prescription for ivermectin and bought ivermectin for horses and mixed with a little bit of strawberry jam and, you know, took it every morning. Oh, yeah, wow. I like in a few days I was I was over, but I still couldn't go back to work for ten days, so I had to so I had to sit at the house. But my oldest son, he actually had to be put on a ventilator because of he he wound, he, he wound up with pneumonia in both lungs. Oh man, he was that's in tough. the he was he, he was in the ICU ward there for uh, for a week. So I like said they let him out just a couple of days ago out of the hospital. Right. So you know I'm not. I'm not saying it's not real. There is something. No, so yeah, no, I'm saying, and 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 it affects different people different ways. Some people do get deathly ill. Other people, like myself, have a strong immune system. I mean, yeah, I'm saying, and I'm in a high risk category with uh, high blood pressure and diabetes. No, I'm saying, but I also have an immune system like a dang horse. I don't, yeah, I'm saying, I don't ever get sick. It's been. Four years since I, before this, since I missed a day's work over being sick. So, you know, it was what it is. And, you know, still, I second, there ain't no way I'm taking their vaccine. And the nurse at the doctor's office, when she come out, come out behind the building and see me, because they, they didn't want me to, they didn't want me to take a chance on exposing anybody. And she asked me, did you take the vaccine? I said, hell no. I said, heck no. No, I'm good. a lot of You know, we did discuss So, anyway, that's about it. Give yourself a good day. All right. Thanks, good Terry. Good All right. Thank you, Terry. So, that's Terry from Arkansas. Um, all right. So, Julie, uh, you're on the Scott Adams Show. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Pretty good. How's everything? With, uh, you went to New York, and you were all over the place. That's great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think it's the spike proteins that they put in the vaccine that is causing it to be more pro- 
prolific, and that is making it spread more like a cold. And and it's it, it of course it is a cold virus, but it's making it even more spreadable. And the the part that is most bothersome about the whole thing is the fact that fetal tissues were are used in the vaccine. And how do you get fetal tissue from from uh, abortion? Uh, and it's yeah. like a yeah, it's like a mad scientist put together this this horrific vaccine in order to get back at all the conservatives and to injure anybody and everybody they could. Because if you use fetal tissue, what you're doing is you're passing on the genetic code of all those those infants and each one. And if you you can't just use fetal tissue from one. I mean, this is disgusting. You can't use fetal tissue if you're putting together. It's like baking a cake. You 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 need to use a large volume of material so they put whatever fetal tissue they have for the spike proteins in the centrifuge now what you're doing is you're passing on all the genetic material into every single person you're injecting into the vaccine and every flaw every genetic defect that's in involved in the genetic code of those those unfortunate fetuses that were used in that concoction, you're passing it on to anybody who receives the virus. Wait. And if those people, yeah. And then if children receive that vaccine before their adolescence, their genes are going to be permanently altered because they they it will be absorbed into their gene and pass on through their adolescence. Well, you know what else concerns me? What they say about antibiotics, for example, is that with an antibiotic, they say don't overdo the antibiotic. Biotic. And the reason why, yeah. I think everybody kind of knows, the reason why they don't want you to do the antibiotic is because the bacterial infection that you use an antibiotic for um, will actually find a solution to the puzzle to beat the antibiotic. So if you over yeah. overuse or over-prescribe to a, a community, uh, an antibiotic, it will eventually render the antibiotic less effective. And I think that's happening in rapid form with these vaccines, meaning that we're, over, we're actually overdoing the vaccines to the point where the next virus that might come along is going to actually understand how to beat the vaccine. And then what? We're going to have all this poison in our bodies right from all these spike proteins and all this crap fetuses and stuff and now what are we dealing with are we even dealing with a human body anymore are we even dealing with science or are we dealing with a genetically engineered um system that we can't even calculate what damage we've actually done to our own dna system meaning that it's, it's it's no longer you know we've spent Hundreds of years learning about the human body. And all of a sudden, the human body, the, the DNA uh, structures might become altered because we're playing around with social, you know, this, this genetic engineering. That's right. And it's then now, now we're not even going to know how to treat yet. these things. 
Exactly. This is the exact reason that doctors were warning against this vaccine, because what it's doing is it's going to create a hyperimmune response, and then eventually people will pass away faster. And what this vaccine is actually doing is it's lowering the death rate. It's making more people sicker than than they were before. You mean and lowering is, the population? That's right. This is a yeah. thinning of the population. Well, and isn't and, that what and, uh, isn't that what Bill Gates suggested? That's right. That's exactly right. Now it's in, in the people that are resisting the vaccine the hardest are the doctors and the scientists because they're they realize what what's being done here, and and to think that there is a group of people that actually concocted this this demon serum. <laughs> And is injecting people and then forcing people to take it. Yeah. Well, Julie, uh, thank you for that input today. Um, one of the things I would like to just mention to our audience, too. Dr. Fauci has done some really cruel things to dogs um, in particular, but with all kinds of different inhumane treatment to animals. So where are the animal activists and humane societies out there that are looking that should be looking into Dr. Fauci's experiments. I think this guy is actually a sick, sick individual. The things I read over the weekend while I was on the train, a long four hour train to New York and back, uh, four hours each way, um, from DC to uh, you know, New York. Um, it was you know, it was startling the kind of things that he was engaged in. It's not just the gain of function for bioweapons working secretly with uh, our intelligence apparatus and our national security apparatus that's protecting him. And not only was this pre was this scamdemic a plandemic that um, that that ended up helping China rig our elections, and not only did the Democrats exploit all this. But Dr. Fauci, aside from the gain of function and turning animal to animals into people to people uh, and dividing us among people and splitting us up so we can't even be close to each other and we can't even see each other's faces and smiles and we don't trust each other anymore. It's, it's absolutely been horrendous on the world population. But then, in addition to that, what he has done in humane treatment to animals is another thing that I think needs to be looked at from Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil meaning Dr. Fauci. Well, apparently University of Pittsburgh is doing research on on fetal organs. And apparently the way that they pull the fetal organs from the, the, the infants and that are end-of-term babies, they just pull them out of the womb and they just operate on them without any... Um, anesthetizing they they just do it and then they just I suppose they then they discard take the discarded field tissue outside of the organs and perhaps that's what they're using in the vaccines right the, right right I, I have no idea right. but it's it's all twisted and sick right well thank and then, you and then they're all having a a, a birthday bash and, yeah, we're and gonna they're get, all sitting we're talking about it. Yeah. We're going to get to that in a moment. Yeah. Thank, yeah, you. Thank you, Julie. Yeah, Take yeah, care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right.
So that's going to conclude our calls for today uh, because we are running over time. Uh, I like to bring in some calls. All last week we didn't have any calls. Um, and I just wanted to get some calls in today. Um, but I have some other uh, posts that I wanted to share with you that I wrote up uh, from my, you know, over the weekend that um, I thought were somewhat profound. Um, Ronna McDaniel says the Republican Party stands with the people of Cuba fighting for freedom. Kevin McCarthy says to every Cuban who craves freedom, Republicans are here for you. We stand with you. Man, they are so linear, right? They're just like trying to like hang on to a scrap. We still have the Cuban community, even though we don't have none of the none of the migrants coming across our border illegally support us. But hey, we still have the Cubans. Meanwhile, I said six J six defendants who just arrived at a special prison in D.C. and will be held without bail for months for the crime of protesting the incoming Biden regime. They say thanks. Thanks, Kevin McCarthy. Thanks, Ronald McDaniel, for your for your uh, great concern about freedoms in Cuba. Right. I mean, it's it's absolutely stunning. So President, uh, I mean, uh, not President, um, Barry Satoro, uh, a.k.a. Barack Obama, turned 60, throws the big party. Everybody knows about it at his big mansion with a huge carbon footprint and near the water, not concerned about sea levels because climate change is a joke. They hyped that up to control people. That didn't work out so well. They were losing that argument. And so then they decided with COVID. But nobody's wearing a mask in this picture. Nobody. They're out dancing, sweating, all kinds of no masks. No vaccine passports required. No COVID tests required. Everybody flies in on a private jet, blowing the carbon footprint out the gazoo, wazoo. And... I said, when the communist Biden regime tells you to wear a mask and social distance, just show them the photo of Biden's puppet masters partying in a huge carbon footprint sea level mansion with maskless people who flew, flew in by private jet. Then ask AOC when the sea level just off their front lawn will put their $12 million home underwater due to climate change. And you got to understand that the banks aren't signing off on these properties. And not only that, but the health inspectors and the uh, building inspectors and the civil engineers cannot be signing off on these properties if they know that people are going to die with rising water tables. So just use your brain, folks. Okay? All of these buildings along the coast are getting green-lighted for a reason. And the reason is... They don't fear climate change the way the politicians want you to fear it. And it's always the liberals who want to control your life that are pushing this climate change. Don't think for one second that climate change isn't connected with control and regulatory um, restrictions that control your life. And it's an attack on the middle class to install socialism. As I had always said, 
You can never have socialism if you have a strong, vibrant, working middle class that represents 60% of society. Just like you need a threshold for middle class, they need a threshold for the number of vaccinated. That's why they keep pushing to 70% and beyond. They want more and more people vaccinated. Why? Because they have uh, a partnership with the big corporations, the multinational corporations, who basically are going to be given some carrots and sticks If you play ball with us, you'll have access to slave labor markets in China, and we'll make it possible that you could hire slave labor markets here at home. We have the open border for the slave labor markets here at home, and uh, we'll we'll make sure you have access to the slave labor markets in China and India, uh, so long as you then support some of our public policies that are unconstitutional, like, like vaccine passports, like discrimination, like Jim Crow laws on uh, 2.0, segregation, which was what Jim Crow laws were all about. They were written by social, uh, they were written by uh, Southern Democrats, both local and state officials, all Southern, and they were written by Southern Democrats, and these were segregation policies. So Jerusalem Post has reported that Pfizer CEO's Israel, Israel visit to, uh, was canceled because he, did, he wasn't fully vaccinated. The Pfizer CEO people wasn't fully vaccinated. Our government criminal leaders are lying to you. Their scamdemic bioweapon election fraud scheme and their social credit scoring vaccine passport plans were never about public health. They were designed to divide and conquer, to crush the middle class, to gain control with tyrannical socialism. Meanwhile, you got people on CNN throwing a pass to Obama saying that they are sophisticated and uh, that knowledgeable people. They couldn't possibly hurt you. Uh, Charlie Kirk writes, Carly Lloyd, the only U.S. women's soccer player to stand for the national anthem, also became the U.S. WNT all-time leading Olympic scorer. Thank you for standing up for our nation. We stand with you, right? All the wrestlers, by the way, loved their country and supported it. I said this. I said, it's almost as if our woke athletes were losing their Olympic competitions on purpose to make America look weak and not exceptional. Kind of reminds me of when Obama went to Cairo to deliver his first foreign speech merely to apologize for America's mistakes and equivocate our leadership status. I believe that was going on. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. And uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning into The Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org. And also buglecall.org and throw a donation our way for the work, the great work that we're doing to support America First policies, to make America great again, and to get the rhinos out of office. We're working feverishly every single day with no pay. We depend on your support. Uh, also, be, che- be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye, everybody.